0: You are listening to the Freedom Fellowship audio podcast from Freedom Fellowship Church in Tontytown, Arkansas. Our mission is to love God, love others, and serve both. And now let's listen in to this week's sermon. Acts 6 verses 1 through 7, seven men chosen to serve. But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. As I first read that, I was like, these people, we will complain about anything. But then I stopped, and I kept reading, and it's a legit thing. Um, Verse 2, so the twelve called a meeting of all the believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so brothers, select seven men who are all well-respected and are full of the spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. Then we apostles apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. Everyone liked this idea, and they chose the following. Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenius, and Nicholas of Antioch, an earlier convert to the Jewish faith these seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them so God's message continued to spread the number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem and many of the Jewish priests were converted too so as I mentioned these were legit concerns that were brought up the Greek speaking and the Hebrew speaking the Greeks speaking were basically they they were Jewish but they kind of adopted the Greek way of life and they spoke in that language but They had some legit concerns about their widows were not being taken care of. So the 12 came up with a solution. There was accountability and a solution. So things happened. They didn't like it. With the help of the Holy Spirit, they came up with things. Verse 5, everyone liked the idea. Now notice the names, and I'm not going to repeat them. I, I went through those pretty smooth. not going to do it again. I probably was wrong on all of them, but I faked it but those were all Greek names that was on purpose that made them relatable to the people those people that were chosen they were chosen and they answered their calling they went on verse 7 so God's message continued to spread the 12 were able to keep preaching so what we get out of this is concerns were coming up there was a little bit of rumbling about it The twelve came up with a solution, and to me, and I, this is kind of, I'm not going to get all that, but it seems like it kind of happened pretty quick. The twelve said, "All right, there's a problem. Here's what we're going to do." They prayed about it, they laid hands on it, and it was done. There was a solution found that everybody was happy with. The gospel was able to keep getting preached because the apostles were able to take this deal, deal with it, and keep doing what they were called to do. They didn't have time to keep. To kind of stay in this and talk about things a whole lot. Here was a solution. They went on. But these seven that were chosen, they had to answer the calling of that's what their job was to do. And so they did it. Every single body, and this church is just such a great example because of the volunteers that we have and, and, and how we, we do things. But everybody is needed to spread the gospel if and I'm going to use Justin for example here Justin has his role here and he does a lot of things but there's some other things that other people take care of so that Justin can do what he needs to do to get the technology going, the children's stuff going to preach, everything is needed the people who clean, the people who mow the people who speak, the people who are helping in the children's ministry, who are painting who are doing those things, those things are all needed and we have to answer that call so that The gospel can move on. The gospel is dependent on everybody doing their job. Not everybody's... uh, Look, I still wonder why... I I still... I'm trying to answer the call that God has for me, and I sometimes still wonder why I'm up here, just to be honest. But if that's what he's calling me to do, that's what he's calling me to do. That's not everybody's calling us to speak. I still wonder why with a... uh, I get anxious, I have a redneck mumbling sometimes but it's what he's called me to do he's also called me to do other things as well my point is in order for this not just this church but the body of Christ to function every branch has to be working and willing to work and we'll get into that now Acts 6 verses 8 through 10 Stephen a man full of God's grace and power verse 5, Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. That kind of hit me this week. What am I known as? (laughs) You know? Some of you in here would say probably some nice things. There's some other people in this world that would not. But that kind of made me start I mean, it really gut-punched me. What am I doing? I'm doing my best to answer the call, and I'm trying to be willing, but what am I? And I'll say my given name because that's what my mom and dad call me and Tom, and they're the only people allowed. I've given up on Tom calling me what I want to be called. <laughs> um, so you're in a special place, and he just wore me down. But Nathan Middleton, what is he known as? Manful of God's grace and power I'm going to go you know what spirit's move me so I'm going to move grace is hard for me it shouldn't be he gives it freely he died on the cross for me and I sometimes don't want to accept it I know that I need it and I want it but it's hard for me I doubt I'm the only one that feels that way sometimes I struggle with the fact. And I can look at somebody else who, I, who has done something worse than me. I can see them getting the grace. I sometimes, I know I don't deserve it, but that's how I think. That's how I work sometimes is I don't deserve the grace. And I don't, but I can see how that person gets it. It's not really for me, though. A man full of God's grace and power. Performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. And what I kind of learned through some of the, as, as before I go into verse 9 is, chapter 7 is, I'm, I'm kind of skipping ahead a little bit, but chapter 7, Stephen's going to give it to him. He's going to kind of lay the smack down on him. And what I learned through this is, just he, we see Stephen appear and then, and then he's, by the end of chapter 7, he's dead. So it seems like it's kind of short on a time. But you can tell that Stephen's already been stirring the pot. Like, he, he's already known as a man full of God's grace and power. You can tell there's probably already a mark on him. Because he was already being bold for the gospel of Jesus. But one day, some men from the synagogue of freed slaves, as it was called, started to debate with him. They were Jews from Cyrene, Alexandria, Cilicia, and the province of Asia. None of them could stand against the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen spoke. Man. I've already hit on a few of these things, but verses 9 and 10, there was a debate. And then none of them could stand against the wisdom and the spirit of which Stephen spoke. So they came at him trying to trick him, trying to, you know, dissuade him, trying to make him look bad. It didn't work. So what do they do? They go and rat him out. They go to the, to the, to the big dogs, to the, to the Sanhedrin. Verses 11 through 15. So they persuaded some men to lie about Stephen, saying, We heard him blaspheme Moses and even God. This roused the people, the elders and the teachers of the religious law. So they arrested Stephen and brought him before the high council. The lying witnesses said, This man is always speaking against the holy temple and against the law of Moses. We have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy the temple and change the customs Moses handed down to us. At this very point, everyone in the high council stared at Stephen because his face became as bright as an angel's. So what they planned didn't work, so they had to, they had to, change, they had to change things. <clears throat> but we see who's behind all this, right? We see that Satan is doing anything he possibly can to stop this spread of the gospel because it is catching on like wildfire because it's real and it's true and it's saving lives but it goes against everything that they were brought up to believe in they rattled the cages so they had to get the professionals involved they had to get the big dogs to come out with lies but you know this is what they did to Jesus they lied they had, they, he, they had to lie about the things that he said. Verse 15, his face became like an angel. My first question was, how do they know <laughs> what an angel looks like? You know, but here, at this point, everyone, so I mean, he's being attacked. It's not working. He's full of the Spirit. He's, he's, I won't say it's really a debate because he's telling them how it is. And he's he's true and he's right, but as he sits there, in verse 15, his face become it's almost like peace came over him, and it's almost like he knew it was about to happen. Maybe he didn't know that he was going to die in the next chapter, but the peace of God, this is what I believe, came over him, and he knew it was about to happen, and he knew that he was about to suffer for the goodness of God, and suffer just like Jesus did. I don't want to skip ahead too far into chapter 7, but it made me think of Psalms 40. So, if, you, if you'll please turn to Psalms 40, verses 4 and 10. This is, this is what I wonder if he was thinking. Again, this is not, I'm not saying this is what he was thinking, this is where it led me to. Everybody, not everybody, a lot of us in here have been in that spot where there's kind of chaos around us and a lot of chaotic things are going on we don't really know which way is up or down and then we finally just find peace but everything around us is still pretty chaotic verse 4 how happy is anyone who has put his trust in the Lord and has not turned to the proud or to those who run after the lies Lord my God you have done many things your wondrous works and your plans for us None can compare with you. If I were to report and speak of them, they are more than, to be to, more than can be told. You do not delight. You do not delight in sacrifice and offering. You open my ears to listen. You do not ask for a whole burnt offering or a sin offering. Then I said, see, I have come, and the scroll is written about me. I delight to do your will, my God, and your instruction is deep within me. I proclaim righteousness in the great assembly. See, I do not keep my mouth closed, as you know, Lord. I did not hide your righteousness in my heart. I spoke about your faithfulness and salvation. I did not conceal your constant love and truth from the great assembly. Here's Stephen facing ridicule things, and it, it, it was too much to keep in. He had to share the gospel because he knew the power of it he knew what it would do and he knew that that's what he was called to do and he was willing he had an open heart so the third well, I'll kind of skip back around but are you open or closed heart minded as we can see these, these people were, they were closed off to the idea that Jesus had come they were closed off that the Messiah was there and had come you know as I was preparing this, you know, I was thinking, are we are we open to learning more and changing? And as I was thinking that, I was like, that that could be misconstrued to accepting things that our world wants us to accept. That's not. I'm not talking about are we open-minded to sin. Are we open-minded to, we, we know what we know? Are we willing and, open, and open-hearted to learn more and to grow so that we can be a willing vessel, so that we can answer the calling, so that we can follow Jesus and do what we're supposed to do? So I wanna be clear on that. I'm not saying that we need to be open-minded and changing our views to accept what's not true and what's not as God's will and not what, and, and accept sin. Coach shares it a lot. We all have things in our background that we we grew up and we, we know what we know. But if we're not, there comes a point you can't use that justification anymore. You know? I'm a divorced man. I knew what I knew and I did the best that I could. But as I move forward in life, I have to be willing to grow and do things a little bit differently and answer God's calling and God's will in my life and not do the same things that I did we have to be willing to grow because there's things that I still struggle with in my mind as far as what I grew up learning about the word of God but as I open it up and I read go hmm that's different than what I learned as a a young man Okay, so I get on the phone, I call Justin, I've emailed Tom, I talk with my dad, I talk with different people. Hey, here's what I'm seeing, you know, and kind of walk through things. (laughs) Me and Dylan have some really good conversations about things. Are you getting in the Word, and are you learning His Word? Because if you're not, I'm sorry, but you're doing it wrong. And I'm not saying that in a judgmental way. But in order for us as the body to work as a whole... For the gospel to spread, we have to be in his word, finding out what he says that we need to do. So the whole body is needed. Are you answering your call of your life? Are you a willing vessel? As I said, are you in the word? Are you seeking? Are you praying? Are you asking God to align your will with his will? That's hard sometimes. Are you open or closed, as I said, you know what you know, as I look back, look at Steven's conviction that he had you know like he he was he, he was ready. he may not have known exactly what was coming down the pipe just a few minutes later that we'll find out, and not, if you're not sure what happens, go read chapter seven, but he 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 lays it down pretty good, and what I love and and not to get on a legalistic kick and and I mean, Coach had this conversation last night is some denominations will say the Old Testament is not really relevant. Well, this is, we're in chapter 6, and it gets to chapter 7. There's been several times just in Acts alone that the Old Testament is used to share the gospel of Christ. It's that important. It's needed. Because in chapter 7, he lays it all out in order of what happens. And then, not to give too much away, but then we see Saul, and and that'll be covered in a few weeks. But as I as we go back to Psalms forty, you know, I read that. I want to go to verse, and I don't have it up, but I want you to turn to Saul. Yes, we do have one through three. Maybe you're not sure. Maybe maybe. <laughs> Maybe somebody's lost. Maybe somebody's just not quite sure. Maybe you're struggling with accepting grace. Maybe, maybe you're just not sure. Maybe you don't even have the words for it. You're not really quite sure what's going on inside of you. Psalms 40 verses 1 through 3. I waited patiently for the Lord. And he turned to me and he heard my cry for help. He brought me up from a desolate pit out of the muddy clay and set my feet on a rock, making my steps secure. And I want you to put, your, put yourself there. Visually put yourself in just nastiness, in the mud. You know what it feels like. He brought me up from a desolate pit out of the muddy clay and set my feet on a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see in fear and they will trust in the Lord. Now was not up there. And then verses 11. Skip down to verses 11. Lord, you do not withhold your compassion from me. Your constant love and truth will always guard me. For troubles without number have surrounded me. My iniquities have overtaken me. I am unable to see. They are more than the hairs of my head. And my courage leaves me. Lord, be pleased to rescue me hurry to help me Lord you know what he has Jesus has already come he's already paid for your sins he just wants you to come to him he just wants you to accept him he wants to be in charge of your life he doesn't need us he wants you he desires you Acts four twelve. And the worship team can join Acts 4:12 There is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. Sometimes kind of preach to the choir a little bit but Jesus is the only way. Not to sound cliché but our world tells us a whole lot of different things and whatnot but he he is it Jesus is the only way. He is the only way to peace. And I am a living testament. I struggle with it. I struggle with letting go and submitting and just giving it to him. But I know that if I don't, I'm just going to live and just be anxious and miserable and, and just with no peace. It won't be easy. And he doesn't promise us that. But he does promise us peace and joy. In him, and he's the only way to it. There is no other way. You will not fulfill it. I will not fulfill it in something else besides him. There is no other way to fill that void. But with him, he's the only one. Father, thank you so much for your grace. Thank you for, gosh, for sending Jesus. And that Jesus was willing, he was willing to die on that cross. But he even asked for another way, and there wasn't. So he said, not not my will, but your will. He willingly went through the the mockery. He willingly felt our shame and our guilt. He willingly carried that cross and hung on that cross for us. But sin and death could not hold him. Thank goodness. Thank you, God, that it couldn't. Thank you for our Savior. If there's anybody in this room that's watching, that's anyone that ever sees this, and they don't know or they're seeking, let them just give it over to you. Us that already have, let us daily, let us hourly give everything over to you and let you have control. Let us find our joy and peace in you, in you alone. I ask that you take each one of us deeper into a place that maybe we haven't been before so that we can see even more of your goodness. And I even ask, forgive us for our unbelief. Forgive us for our distrust in you. God, you know how much sometimes I struggle with trusting you. Let us lay it at your feet with open hands. Anybody right now whose shoulders are tense, who's all tensed up, help them just to relax. Spirit, fill this room. Let your spirit fill this room and be present. Spirit's telling us to get on our knees and worship, we get on our knees and worship. If it's telling us to stand and worship, we stand. If anybody needs releasing, let your Spirit release the shame, the guilt, the pain, the bitterness, the anger, the hatred. If anybody's holding on to that, just let them be released of that somebody's led by your spirit to lay their hands on somebody to pray let them do that let us listen and follow your spirit where it's leading us we sing that song where he asks the spirit to lead us but God I'm begging you let us actually listen and be led by it and not be held back by the thought of what will somebody think? What should I really do? It? Is that really the spirit? Yes. Just speak clearly and let us hear you clearly. Father, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Freedom Fellowship Audio Podcast. We are located at 990 West Henry de Boulevard in Tonti Arkansas. You can check us out on the web at freedomfellowship.com or you can find us on social media by searching Freedom Fellowship N-W-A. We hope you have a great week and that you live out the mission of the church, which is to love God, love others, and serve both.